Whoa, Sabrina, cool helmet. Do you like it? Yeah, I love how it makes your head look like a purple dinosaur with awesome golden spikes. Yeah, it was definitely the coolest helmet in the store. Why are you wearing a helmet right now? Well, I decided that today is finally the day that I'm going to learn how to ride a bike. But, uh, where is your bike? Oh, uh, well, um, about that. I haven't quite gotten up the courage to buy the bike yet. It seems like such a big step. So, you have the helmet and you're ready to go, but you're too scared to actually get the bike? That pretty much sums it up. Hmm, well, it sounds like maybe you're not quite ready. But I have a great idea of what we can do instead. What's that? We can meet today's Hebrew school contestant. Welcome to Hebrew School, the game show for really smart kids who want to show off how much they know about all things Jewish. I'm Frank. And I'm Sabrina. And we are joined today by someone who probably knows how to ride a bike, Zoe. Hi. Zoe, any advice for Sabrina on how she might get up the courage to learn how to ride a bike? Uh, yeah, when I ride a bike, I always make sure one pedal's um, like um, taller, I guess, so I can push down on it easier. And it's easier to get going? Yeah. That's super helpful, Zoe. Thank you. <laughs> Zoe, we're going to ask you some rapid-fire questions, okay? Okay. Who is your favorite character in the Bible? Goliath the giant. Why is that? Because he just overrates himself and it teaches you not to overrate yourself because it just ends badly for you. Get humiliated. <laughs> very, very important lessons you are preaching. Thank you. <laughs> What's your favorite Hebrew word? My favorite Hebrew word is galita because I just like the way it sounds. And what is it the Hebrew word for? Help us. Ice cream. Yummy. Mm. And uh, what's your favorite animal? Uh, I like peacocks. Wow. A lot. Yeah. Uh, now that you say it, that is a really cool animal. They're so pretty. Yeah. They're also a pretty epic animal, which takes us into our final question. And it's truly epic. Frank? Look, I don't know too much about bikes, but I know that the really good ones have 10 different speeds. And that seems cool, I guess. But wouldn't 11 speeds be even better? And I feel the same way about commandments. 10 commandments are good, but 11 commandments would be great. Zoe, if you could come up with just one more commandment that everyone in the world would have to listen to, what would it be? I would want everybody every so every time they like did something towards helping the earth, like like using a biodegradable like Kleenex or a reusable water bottle, they could get like um, every time they did it, they could get a dollar. Awesome. So it sounds like this commandment helps support uh, economic justice and climate justice, right? Yeah. So cool. It's a win-win. So Zoe, here's the deal. No matter what kind of school you go to, you are always learning new and amazing things about being Jewish. We want to see how much you really know, but instead of giving you a test, we're going to play a series of fun games that ask you questions about everything, from history to religion to popular culture. Ready to play? Yep. Okay. Our first game is called Emet Emet Sheker. Emet Emet Sheker. Emet Emet Sheker means two truths and a lie. Our category today is famous Jews. Frank and I are going to tell you about three impressive people who achieved incredible things in their lifetimes. Two of them are actual real people. One, well, only exists in our dreams. You need to figure out which is which. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, I'll go first. Since the very first modern Olympics, which took place in Athens, Greece in 1896, 
Jews have won over 450 Olympic medals. Not too shabby for a people who only make up less than 1% of the entire world population. But who won the first gold medal for our people? That was none other than Alfred Flatow, a Jewish-German gymnast who took home three gold medals and one silver medal for his performance in Greece. Flatow also helped found the first Jewish sports organization in Europe. Unfortunately, Flatow was forced to end his career as a gymnast once the Nazis took over Germany, but his impact on Jewish sports is felt to this day, with Jewish gymnasts like Ali Reisman carrying on his legacy. Ready to hear about our second celebrity? Yeah, I am. Lisa Friedman, or as she was better known, the Flying Princesa, was one of the most impressive and well-known circus performers of the past 100 years. Known for her high-flying acrobatics, she performed for such luminaries as Queen Elizabeth, President John F. Kennedy, and Elizabeth Taylor. Friedman often credited her Jewish faith for her success in life, saying, I believe God is watching out for me when I fly through the air. Our final celebrity is still very much achieving amazing things and bringing pride to Jewish people all over the world. Jessica Mayer would have been cool enough if she stayed with her first profession as a marine biologist studying penguins and elephant seals. But that wasn't enough for her. And in 2019, she traveled to outer space as an astronaut with NASA. While in space on the International Space Station, she was part of the first all-female spacewalk in history. Fun fact, astronauts are allowed to bring a small number of personal items into space with them. And Jessica brought an Israeli flag and a pair of socks with stars of David and menorahs. Okay, Zoe, what do you think? Which of these three amazing Jewish celebrities is a total sheker? The gold-winning gymnast, the high-flying acrobat, or the astronaut with awesome socks? Uh, the flying acrobat. Winner! Yes, there was no famous circus performer named Lisa Friedman. Alfred Flatow was not the only Jewish athlete to win big at the Olympics in 1896. Six Jews took home a total of 13 medals for gymnastics, swimming, and cycling. And Jessica Mayer's historic trip into space inspired a new generation of young women to dream of becoming astronauts and reminded us all that we should reach for the stars. Zoe, what would you like to be famous for one day? Inventing a new type of, like, food that's, like, healthy but not healthy at the same time. For my sake, I really hope that you're <laughs> famous for that one day. That would be great. I can't wait to taste it. Our next game is called Say My Name. Say my name. We're going to play three songs for you about three different characters from Jewish history. Your job, tell us who each song is about. You ready? Yep. Okay, here's song number one. You might think that I feel close. To my twin, after all, we're bros. But there's always been a wedge in between. People think he's sweet, they think I'm mean. But I never took anything that wasn't mine. I kept my head down, I didn't whine. Until I was so hungry, I started to droop. Asked my brother for a bite of his lentil soup And that sneaky thief didn't put up a fight But he made me pay with my birthright Stole the blessing that was meant for me Bro, next time I see you, 
I'm bringing my army. Okay, Zoe, let's review. We are looking for someone who doesn't have a great relationship with their brother. This person asked their brother for some lentil soup and had to pay with their birthright. Sounds like this person ended up pretty angry. Any guesses? Yeah, Asa. Winner! That song was about Esau, twin to our forefather, Jacob. Esau is remembered as a wild man who hunted in the fields compared with his brother, Jacob, who spent his time inside his tent. One day, famished from a day out hunting, Esau demanded soup from his brother. Jacob was happy to oblige, but that soup came with a big price tag. He made Esau pay with his birthright and the accompanying blessings that came along with it. Let's just say Esau wasn't too pleased with the situation. Ready for song number two? Yes, I am. I was a leader at a young age. When my brother was a baby, I was a sage. When the Egyptian king blew his gasket, I watched over my little brother in his basket. And when he grew up, and became a symbol. I let the Jewish people in song with my timbrel. I'm proud of him, but I know in my heart that he wouldn't have succeeded if I hadn't done my part. Okay, Zoe, tell me if you caught these clues. We are looking for someone who is already taking on a leadership role when their brother was still a baby and who watched over that brother when he was in a basket. Her brother may have grown up to be very famous, but she also played an important leadership role, including one that seems to have involved songs and timbrels. Any guesses? Yep, Miriam. Winner! Yes, we just heard a song about Miriam, big sister to Moses. When Pharaoh decreed that all Jewish baby boys had to be killed, Miriam watched over her baby brother as he floated down the Nile in his basket. Later, when Moses returned to Egypt and led the Jews to freedom, Miriam came prepared to celebrate, leading all the Jews in a song of thanks and praise to God. Ready for the last song? I am. All right, here we go. I'm a famous Bible commentator, but hey, we can talk about that later. I want to tell you now about my three awesome daughters. Torah learning flowed through them like water. You might sometimes use my teachings in your Hebrew school. Mine are the ones written in script so cool. On every page of Talmud, hey, it's me. There I am. It's official. You may know me best by my initials. Okay, Zoe, here's what we've got. A famous biblical commentator who had three really impressive daughters. It sounds like this guy's writing is still pretty popular today and maybe written in like a cool or unique font or typeface or something. And we know him best by his initials. Hmm, what do you think? Moses? That is a great guess. But actually, that last song was about Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, better known as Rashi. 
Rashi's commentary on the Bible is perhaps the most well-known commentary that exists to explain what is going on in the text. He also achieved the amazing feat of writing a commentary on almost the entire Talmud as well. You can always recognize Rashi's words on the page because they are written in a unique script that uses different Hebrew letters. His three daughters not only married great scholars, they were impressive in their own right. Some say they wore tefillin, a very uncommon practice for women in those days. Okay, I think we have time for one last game. This one is called Prayer or Pop Song. Okay. Prayer or Pop Song. I've been known to sing a tune or two, and sometimes I realize that what I'm singing is not a pop song or rock or country song. Sometimes I realize I'm singing along to lines from the actual Bible. It's true, it's true. There are some really catchy songs throughout the Bible, and we want to share some of them with you. So this is how this game will go. Frank and I will each share some lyrics with you. One of us is quoting the words of the Bible, while the other is just telling you words to our favorite pop song. Your job is to figure out which is which. Are you ready? Yeah. I'll go first. There's a house we can build. Every room is filled with things from far away, the special things I compile. Each one there to make you smile on a rainy day. Ooh, interesting. Okay, my turn. Ah, you are fair, my darling. Ah, you are fair with your dove-like eyes. And you, my beloved, are handsome, beautiful indeed. Any guesses, Zoe? Which one was from the Bible and which one was maybe less holy? Um, The one Sabrina sang was from The Greatest Showman. It was <laughs> a song from there because I was in the play. And that had a solo in the song. Winner! Yes, you could not be more right. My words were from Song of Songs or Shir HaShirim, which is read in synagogue on Passover. Sabrina's words were from A Million Dreams from The Greatest Showman, which we sing all the time. Ready for round two? Yep. I'll go first this time. Feeling like I'm breathing my last breath. Feeling like I'm walking my last steps. Look at all these tears I've wept. Look at all the promises that I've kept. Okay, now me. The sun rises and the sun sets and glides back to where it rises. Southward blowing, turning northward. Ever turning blows the wind. On its rounds, the wind returns. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. I think you were singing like a Bible text and Frank was singing a song. Winner! Yes, I was reading from Ecclesiastes, or Kohelet, which is the book we read from on Sukkot. Its uplifting message is essentially that everything is meaningless. Yay, nihilism! But really, Kohelet talks about the importance of understanding that in life, there is a time for everything, both good and bad. Frank, on the other hand, is just a believer. He was singing one of his favorite Justin Bieber songs called Purpose. Whoops, sorry, everyone. That was my doorbell. Someone must be at the door. I'll, I'll be right back. That was definitely not your doorbell. No, no, I think it was. I was so inspired by how Zoe decided to put herself out there and come on today as a contestant that I decided that I needed to be brave too. So I just ordered a bike and I think it has arrived. Right. You go check that out. Zoe, now that Sabrina is gone, we can talk about how that was clearly not a doorbell, but the bell letting us know that our time today at Hebrew school has run out. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. And if you kids listening at home want to play too, and if you're between the ages of 8 and 12, email us at hebrewschool at tabletmag.com. Until then, class dismissed! Hebrew School is a podcast from Tablet Studios. It's hosted by me, Sabrina Friedman. And me, Frank Spiro. Our producers are Josh Cross, Sara Fredman-Ader, and Robert Scaramuccia. Special thanks to Stephanie Butnick and Liel Leibovitz. Please go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review, too. For more about this show and all of the Tablet Studios podcasts, visit tabletmag.com slash podcasts. Shalom, Shalom kids! kids.